Welcome back, Internet, to episode 48 of Country at Your Own Risk, where we will be discussing our second part of the Phantasm series uh, with Kent, Kevin, and Chris. Kevin will be taking us away with episode, well, Phantasm 3 and Phantasm 4, and I will let him get right into it. All right, Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead, 1994, written and directed by... Don Cascarelli, Cascarelli. Um, the budget for this one a little bit less, uh, two point five million dollars. Uh, it had a brief two-week run in Baton Rouge and St. Louis. It was the highest-grossing in both uh, markets. Uh, Universal did not give it an official run due to a conflict with Cascarelli. Um. So this is a direct-to-video installment that comes six years after the previous film that starts where that one left off, uh, which was the apparent demise of the tall man. And then a new tall man emerges from his dimension fork uh, after, at the same time, being attacked and uh, thrown out from the hearse carrying Mike and Liz uh, still alive, Reggie watches as the car drives on and explodes. Reggie finds Liz dead, but saves Mike from the tall man by threatening to kill them all with a grenade. Uh, this is kind of the level of what these movies uh, get to immediately. Um, the tall man retreats with Liz's head, but promises to return when Mike is well again. Uh, so... Mike is now played by a Michael Baldwin again. Um, after spending two years comatose in a hospital, uh, has a near-death experience where his brother Jody appears, but is interrupted by the tall man. And awakening abruptly, he is attacked by a demonic nurse, but quickly subdues her. Reggie arrives as she dies, her scalp bursting open to reveal a cranial sphere that takes off through the window after witnessing Mike awake at Reggie's house. The tall man arrives via dimensional fork fights off. Reggie transforms Jody into a charred sphere and draws Mike through the gate with him. I would not be able to explain any of this without the plot section of Wikipedia for this movie. Um, and then it kind of goes into Reggie going into some town, which is like a ghost town. It, uh, a little bit feels like uh, the town in Friday the 13th, six Freddy's dead with Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Um, and there's the three looters who lock him in the trunk of his 1970 Barracuda. And he is rescued by a boy named Tim, who kills the looters when they break into his house. After they bury the bodies in the yard, Tim tells Reggie how the tall man took his parents and destroyed the town. In the morning, Reggie and Tim find the three graves empty and their pink hearse gone. Reggie tries to leave Tim at an orphanage, which is just basically this lady's house who just let all these kids hang out there. She is a better person than me i would say um but the boy hides in the car trunk and reggie goes to the mausoleum and confronted by a sphere he is subdued by two young women 
Tanisha and Rocky before he can destroy it. Reggie tries to warn them, but Tanisha is killed by the sphere, which is one of my favorite sphere killings in all of the series. Uh, Tim appears and destroys it with his pistol. The three joint forces come upon a con- convoy of hearses driven by the gravers and decide to follow them. Basically, this movie kind of like goes on in in the the same vein as the other ones, or maybe a little bit like two, where you know Reggie tries to you know is 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 a little bit of a creep, or you start to think that he might be a creep, or it's gonna get creepy. But uh, my best, the best scene in the in this movie, I think, for a non kill is where Reggie convinces the kid to sleep in the car and then he ends up getting handcuffed by Rocky in the bed, but not in the way that he was imagining it. Um, I do like that. We get to see the double barreled, double, double barreled shotgun used in the very beginning where he shoots up into the tree and then all the, the things come down. It was, it was um, a promising start to this movie. Uh, so the I'm just going to get into the these these stats or the list here. Best kill where Zombie Edna, who is the blonde woman in the beginning, uh actually gets the double double barreled shotgun to the face and then run over by the pink hearse even though that she uh actually doesn't die cuz she's still zombie and comes back later on and gets killed again. Uh, the best acting for this, I'm going to say, is Reggie Bannister. Uh, the best line is, I hope that ball has a better sense of direction than mine do. And, uh, <laughs> which is from Reggie, played by Reggie Bannister, um, of course. And uh, best weapon, the razor blade frisbee. Uh, and... Uh, for opening or closing of this film, I'd say the opening was better than the closing, though uh, the scene where uh, I don't remember the names of the three guys, but the guy who was seemed like he was obviously dating Edna, the blonde girl who duped Reggie in the beginning. Rufus and Henry. Henry, Henry was the oldest. Henry, wait, Rufus is uh, the guy who gets the, he's the younger one? He, he He's the one that looks like a freaking early 2000s rapper with his dollar bill fucking chain. <laughs> he was awesome. From dollar bill chain from the dollar store. Um, yeah, where he gets the the spear in, in the face and then he like spins his head off. That guy, right? Yes, that's, yes, yes, and that, that was, awesome. was awesome. That's probably my favorite actual kill scene, um, where where you don't come back from from the spear to the the face and your head getting ripped off. And I thought it was well done. I mean, still for the time ninety four, this is like early CGI and special effects mixed with practical effects. I just love love that time of of filmmaking the the early to to mid nineties. Um. Yeah, so and uh so as a letter grade I'm going to I'm going to give it another A cuz it was a lot of fun and something I didn't say about the second one was it 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 started to implement body horror 
into it, and I didn't realize how much body horror was in these movies later on and how much of, of a key element, because the first one didn't really have a lot. There was some, um, but it wasn't, you know, mostly it was just the blood spraying out of the spear and then the the honey mustard and the, you know, getting cut up from the fingers. But, um, and the missed opportunity, so it does have, it, it is a little... <laughs> It's it's goofy. I guess they all are kind of a little bit, but the the plunger scene where the where the orb gets on the plunger, it just seemed so like I don't know. Well, the fans got pissed off, and that's why part four didn't have the comedy element, which I you know, I, I noted this in, in what I wrote, but like Sometimes fans just ruin shit. Like, they will bitch about anything without, like... I don't know, is there anything wrong with, like, a couple of silly things? Like, I thought the plunger thing was funny. I thought, like, Reggie giving Tim the hand signs, like, so he could sleep with Rocky in the hotel room. Like, I don't know. That didn't bother me. It wasn't, like, a ton of comedy. Was it over comedy to you? No, it wasn't. This one... (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was, no, 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 go ahead. Kevin, okay, please. with the, well, the plunger thing, it was it was cool for like a second, but then it went on a little bit too long. And I think my the missed opportunity for the for this, I think, was we should have actually saw the plunger. Like, if you're gonna go there, then go there all the way, and like, let's watch the plunger with all the sauce coming out of it and the orb or the spear, uh, you know, rip somebody's face off. But I think we were running out of people to kill in the end. Of the movie, but yeah, it was it wasn't too bad. It was fun. It was it, it definitely has that B B quality to it, and that's probably why I gave it an A. But it it, it did take you kind of it did take you out of the moment a little bit. Um, uh, like if there was a there wasn't anything like that in the second one where like you're at the end of the movie and you know uh, obviously in the beginning with the car scene where that comedy was it was great, but it. I don't know. It's, it felt... The fly scene? The fly scene was really ridiculous and over the top? Yeah, that yeah. was just more like, I would say, budget and and acting than... Like, it was it was unintentionally funny rather than intentionally trying to be a comedic Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I feel that. The fly scene? Okay. I, I I get it, but I mean, you can't watch it and not think this is some stupid, ridiculous shit and kind of laugh at it. So I, I guess in the same way, I'm just like, eh, it, the the fact that from what I've read is, is that the fan outrage, much like you know the fan outrage for something like Diablo three, where they didn't want a bright brightly colored fucking level and we get the fucking unicorn level, you know, shit like that. I'm just saying, like. Sometimes fans just need to like chill the fuck out, and instead of like, I don't know, fan, fans are Dude, too they're... demanding sometimes. And in a series like this, yeah, know, it's really yeah, it fans are like super toxic, and um, I mean like Star Wars fans are like some of the worst. I think they are. I think Star yeah, Wars fans probably yeah. are, are the worst. And I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, I mean, the other thing, too, you got to think about for something like that is, you know, 
at this point, before the fourth ones come out, you've had only three movies in 15 years. Like, who the hell are yeah. the fans? You know, it's, it's not like True. Saw, where you had a new movie every single Halloween, or Nightmare on Elm Street, where it was, what, like six movies in nine mm-hmm. years? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, it, was, it was like, shit, people who were teenagers when the first one came out are in their 30s now. Yeah, so it was really like the video brats of of the 90s. <laughs> but, I mean, to to go along with what you guys were both saying, I don't think the, the humor was over the no. top in this one. Uh, it's part of the vibe. No, I mean, and definitely quality-wise, it was not on par, but this one, to me, felt like very similar to... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. You know, like, that was where you could see, uh, like, Evil Dead tones in the second one. You know, I, like, the vibe I got from this one was, like, they they watched uh, uh, Dream Warriors and were like, yeah, you know, let's let's try to throw a little bit more of that in into this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, it wasn't, you know, like a one-for-one thing, but I don't, I don't know if you guys felt that at all. Well, the tall man progressively gets more and more more lines until, you know, arguably the yeah. fifth one. Like he, yeah. so I mean, in that regard, they definitely gave him more to work with. What much like you know they did with Freddy, mm-hmm. um, no doubt. And not only that, yeah, sometimes but, uh, the tone like, has to shift a little. Not only that, but like even Liz in the second one, she wasn't so much a part of the group as just like somebody who needed to be saved. But you know, now you have yeah, like Tim and Rocky joining into the crew. Yeah. What happens I, to Rocky at the end? I agree with Kevin. My favorite. My favorite. Oh, she she leaves. She she dips out. Oh she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck this. I'm I'm not. Yeah. She's the smartest person <laughs> in the whole fucking series. <laughs> but I agree with Kevin that I, my favorite comedy scene in this one was when Reggie thinks he's finally gonna get laid, and then she handcuffs him to the bed and goes to sleep. You think it's gonna go one way, and then he like has sex with her, but it's like in his dream, and then like, yeah. the whole Jody thing. I remember watching that as a kid too. Yeah. Um, and just being like, "What is this?" Because you're like, you think you're watching this like sex scene, and I mean, this is '94, so I'm like 13, 14 years old probably when I saw this, and uh, and then it goes that where Jody's there, and then it goes to like the then he like goes out, he's out in the desert all, all of a sudden, and I was just like, "Wait, what? What's going on here?" Um, but yeah, I wasn't like a full full in following of the of the series at that point. I did see them. Two and three, I remember. I saw one like five or six years ago, I think, for the first time. And uh yeah, that's where I'm at. But so what do you so yeah, I'll leave it open to you guys. The rest of three. You want go why don't you go ahead, Kent. Go ahead. Give us your thoughts. Alright. I'll hit you up with some stuff. Um, so, the opening, I love that Liv, Liv gets fucking burned and, and dies. Mike just gets up and has, like, a scratch or something? Like, nothing, they were both in the exact same vehicle when it went up, but one suffered a horrible death, Mike suffered a horrible scratch. So... That is good storytelling, a way to get rid of rid of Liz right right from the get-go. Good. Um, once again, as we talked about earlier, we have a fully functioning hospital again. 
in, in these weary times. I don't know. I find it strange. I found it interesting that Sentinels have brains, or the Cuisinarts, whatever we want to call them. Um, a thing that I noticed that probably you guys wouldn't have because I watch everything with closed captioning is that the closed captioning was about one and a half to two seconds off in the beginning half. And by the last half of the movie, especially towards the end, it was almost off by like three to four seconds. It was terrible. And I, I mean, they're never going to fix that, but geez, it was really, really, really bad. I actually, I noticed that for three, four and five, I was watching them with the captioning on and yeah, all of them were bad. Yeah. Um, the nurse that had the headphones in early on, that is Mike's real-life wife. Um, thought that was cool. Um, so but we, we have the scene where Mike is, like, looking horrible. He's told, like, you know, go, go t- towards the light. Reggie shows up, and then they leave. Now, Mike looked like shit while in the hospital bed. Presumably, minutes later, he's walking away from the building, and he looks 100% fine. And I was like, Mike cannot be hurt, apparently, early on in this movie. He just can't be touched. And I don't know. Logic. I I know we're talking about a movie with telekinesis and telekinetics and fucking flying spheres and different dimensions, but sometimes I have to call out a dude should be scratched or cut or something. Um. I thought Edna, the the female looter, looked like what Peg Bundy would have looked like in her 20s with blonde hair. Because she had kind of like those tight spandex, like exercise pants going on. And like the really long, like the the big circles and stuff on it. Just reminded me of full out Peg Bundy. Um, We had a pink hearse. I don't know if I've ever seen a pink hearse in a movie prior to this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen one since then either. Yeah. Uh. Here, here's a question. How, how, how does Reggie's house exist? It, it, it got exploded in the second part, did it not? Yeah. Why, why does how, Reggie have a house now? Like, why, what happened? Did he go and buy a house? Did he have a realtor? Well, it wasn't the same house, because like, Reggie had like a, just shy of being a mansion in the second one, and this oh, yeah. one looks almost like a shack. A lot's happened. I'm glad you in said In the two that. years he was in a coma. Did you guys ever pick up, like, the architecture <laughs> I bet he sold. of the houses? Did you guys notice that? Like, the architecture is all similar in parts one through four? Yes. And then part five, it's more modern? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things I picked up, like, especially, like, the second story with the round, with the curves and everything. Um, I think my favorite line was when they're at Reggie's and Jody shows up. Reggie just plain as day goes, Jody, what the hell are you doing here? You're dead. I don't know how many people could have delivered that and have it be funny. Most of his Reggie lines are like that. He amused actually. me. Um, I, I, I like the fact that Jody's just like, oh, so what else is to do? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Reggie, I'm enjoying that Reggie's in flannel a lot, although he changes his undershirt. Between movies, he's always rocking flannel. Um, Reggie's pajama pants. I don't know if you guys noticed this in the again, handcuff scene. He had some race car PJs going. So, very, very fashion uh, fashionable of Reggie. Uh, I really appreciate that. 
Uh, I think this was the third movie where we had a person diving out of a window of a moving vehicle. Um, so that's fun. Um, I have to ask why every last motherfucker that ever uses nunchucks in a movie has to do the same fucking swing their nunchucks for seven seconds to look like a badass before they ever do anything. Like, have you ever seen a movie where somebody had nunchucks where they didn't do that? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm tr- it would have to have been something like John Wick or something. I don't, I'm trying to Phantasm Ravager. No, most of the time there was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I love too the, the fact that like she hits it with a fucking, um, the, the first time she hits it, like immediately with the nunchucks, the nunchucks just break. <laughs> yep. Oh. Um, I thought it was a missed opportunity. So like, Towards the end, like they split up into pairs, and Mike goes with Reggie, and Rocky goes with Tim. And I'm like, no, you guys should have had Mike go with Tim because both of them were rocking the denim. I thought that was going to be the passing of the denim torch, and they, they didn't have that mo- moment. And then we have the Tim ending, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but we didn't. I don't know. Like you guys noticed in the beginning of part four that they cut out some of the ending, right? Uh, well, yeah. Like Tim's no. not shown in yeah, part yeah, yeah. four. Yes. Like that part. Yeah. But he's like up against with the balls and stuff, up against I, I the wall. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was just weird. Like, why did they I mean what the hell was Tim doing? Like he didn't turn out to be a big star. He couldn't have been de- that demanding. Like you couldn't bring him back and burn him to a crisp in the opening scene. Work for Liv. From what I understood, I, I read uh I was looking that up actually. Uh I read an interview and one of the producers was like, he's like, you know, we, we just, we knew he was dead. Reggie knew he was dead, you know, and considering that and now it's a couple of years between three, three and four, you know, we wanted to just show the after effects of Reggie having to deal with it instead of actually bringing him back and kind of, uh, showing, you know, a child's dead burned body like they did with Liz in part two to part three. Seems awfully convenient. Because he goes through the, yeah, he goes through the 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 mirror like Mike yep. does in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Is, right. Or the window is maybe not a mirror, but like window in the basement or whatever, wherever they're at. Yeah, yeah. It's just they kind of kept up that ending, and then that ending died with part three. And the only thing I'll say about part three is they stopped using the the great music score that they'd been using in part one and two, they went really, really light on, on the good music and just kind of went with very generic music in this one, in my opinion. I, I didn't care much for the music. Yeah, I don't yeah, really this, remember the music uh, so much yeah, in the third one. So. It's not memorable. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, the music is pretty memorable in the first, especially the first one. I'd, I'd say. I'd say the first and the and second fifth one's one. got the fifth too. one because they kind of change it from like what it was to like an orchestral sound. I liked it. Mm-hmm. No, the the sound on the the fifth one was good it, on the on the the Blu-ray uh, that you got me. Can't thank you again because it, it was it all looked good, and they had three different audio things, and one was the first one was the regular Dolby, the second one was stereo, and the stereo one, you could really hear the music and the sound, like, like, it was, it was pretty decent for, you know, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but, yeah, 
Um, I hear you on the fifth one. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, depend on your TV and or sound system. Like sometimes stereo just sounds better than the more high end stuff because you don't have the stuff to take advantage of the high end stuff. Uh, I think that's exactly my case because I don't have a. Yeah, I used to have a seven point one setup, and uh, used everything used to sound amazing. And now I just have a single sound bar, which still sounds okay, but I, I do miss you know seven speakers surrounding me. Yeah, I bet it's hard to come back from that. It is, but dude, it saves so much space because I couldn't mount anything to walls. So trying to find a place for seven speakers that weren't just on the floor, um, that becomes troubling at times. Yeah, that's awful. So, <laughs> I don't have the space for that either. It, they weren't like the tiny satellite speakers. They were like full on, at least like a f- almost like a foot tall, foot and a quarter tall by like eight inches. So they were pretty big bookshelf speakers. All all of them were. Well, that's what I was imagining. Where you put all your drinks on it. Yeah, yeah. There were some uh, marks left, some rings from drinks, and. Uh, also, some wax from a tart warmer on my subwoofer. And uh, that was not my fault, but I do remember it. Anyway, Chris, what do you got? Uh, I I really feel like the Phantasm series, after having watched all five within the last four days, is parts one to three. And then four and five are like, I don't know what they are, but they're not part of the series. I wish it could have ended at this one. Um, I, I like this one. I mean, it, it, it's again, kind of like the last one that adds new mythology stuff. Now we, I think we got one, maybe like zombie like person in the, the first two, but now we, we get the zombies with, um, the three weird pink hearse driving people being brought back Edna, Rufus and Henry. Um, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, I, I like Rocky and Tim as two of the, the best new characters in the series, and neither one of them make it any further. So, uh, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, I like that we, we've really, at this point, cemented who Reggie is. Mike still feels, like you said, like he's, I don't know, he, he's indestructible in one scene and then just completely overpowered by nothing in the next scene. Um, Jody being brought back as a sphere was a weird um, change. And I like like how after it gets scorched, but still around, they just play with it. Like Tim is playing with it in one scene. <laughs> like Kevin said, the, the scene with the, the fucking orphanage, quote unquote, you know, literally the woman's like, yeah, these kids all, they're all from their dead parents from the town like, up the road. Right. Just like, oh, here, take this one too. Uh, so yes, that's a question. <laughs> and for he you. gave her a ton of money. Yeah, where like, does Reggie keep getting all of his money? Yeah, what kind of was he an ice cream distributor for like the cartels? <laughs> <laughs> well, you you figure it. Here's the funny thing: like he they took all the stuff from the hardware store, and he still had money instead of taking money. Which I mean, I can't imagine anybody's opening shop anymore. He's still, like, how's he attaining money without stealing it and still, like, leaving it as stores for random goods? Good well, that's, I think, to show his character. I thought about this hard. As, I'm uh, glad somebody did. Because <laughs> Commando, because in Commando, he just, like, goes into the, the military, whatever, store and just steals all the, all the stuff. Because um, I don't even think that dude had any money at all. 
um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando. But, and also, to be fair, I didn't think Reggie would have any money either from, like, you know, working as a an, an ice cream man, but who's just hanging out, like, trying to kill the Lord he of the Dead. He got great insurance from his house exploding. Oh, that is true. That is true. And, like, you know, he was married, right? So he's probably got, like, family insurance. But I think the reason why they did it was to show that he's not just, like, you know, he's, he is a good dude. So he's, like, taking this stuff, but he's paying for it, you know, because he's got, he's got I business. Mean, so. I mean, how would anybody know that his house exploded because everybody in the town was dead? So, like, nobody would know to go there to check on the uh, was that one of the dead towns or the not de- dead towns? Uh, by the time the they left, it was one. Of, yeah, uh, uh, the one of the other things I want to point out too is I love how they're always following him to the southeast, and and you you watch them going through the map in this one, and then they're still going southeast in part four, but somehow they're now going into Death Valley, which is between Arizona and California. So I, that's like the southwest to me. I don't know. What. Well, they were in Oregon yes. in, what was it, part two, so they would have had to head southeast, then southwest? I, I, yeah, it would have had to head, like, south and then southwest after. I don't know how. Obviously, the tall man can confuse geography and direction. It's not where you are, it's when you are. Exactly. Don't forget yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And we we're not, like, totally clear on what is, what's reality. And they kind of do that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) But overall, I like this one. Uh, It's a fun time. You know, like, if on on my scale, Phantasm would be an A, Phantasm 2 would probably be, like, a B, somewhere between, like, a B and a B plus, this would be a B, a solid B. Interestingly enough, the first three movies has 6.6, 6.4, and 6.0 on IMDb, and you gotta realize, like, that's pretty damn high for a like a movie, a horror movie of this era. Yeah, you know, to get this deep in a franchise, that's impressive. I think well, it's. I still think it's low for it being a direct to video because for direct to video, it is like I would say like a seven, which is really good for for these. Oh, this kinds is of one of the best direct to videos I've ever seen. I I want to say. I think it's number nineteen for of all time. Like that, top of the charts, that seems incredibly low. <laughs> of all time, yeah. I mean, it wasn't Jurassic Park three direct to video? No, I saw that in the theater. No. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. But for all time, there's there's some great ones. I, I hear you. But this was this. I, is if you find that list, ones. Kevin, can you send it to me? I'd like to actually see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah actually, actually, I might just look it up. But anyways, I'll stop talking. Okay. So we all good on Phantasm yep. Three: Lord of the Dead, because yep. you know so. where that one ends. Phantasm <laughs> Four: Oblivion begins, and can you point out how creative they were with the IV being in Oblivion? Oh, okay. So I thought. Well, I noticed that as I was writing it down, I was like, oh, shit, it's right here. Because I was like, why doesn't it say Phantasm for Oblivion? It just says Phantasm Oblivion on the case. And I looked it up all over the place. And not until the opening credits do you see the four. And then it 
you know, spells out oblivion, like the Roman numeral four in that. So it was not, I scribbled it off missed opportunity, but that's how I wrote it in my notes. Like obliv Roman numeral I V oblivion. Yeah. So, um, so just cool. Wait till you get to Ravager. Yeah. So do you think it just worked out that way? Do you think they were like, all right, Hell Phantasm no. Four, so- we got this. What are the do you think? Like, what are the words we can use? Like, yes, I'm convinced because they. Well, I'm guessing you read up at least some of it. Like, there was four different movies basically like planned out at some point for this one. Like, a Phantasm ends, and I mean, there there was all kinds of stories going around and ideas, and then they just end up doing this because. I, I believe I read something where uh, Don Cas- Cascarelli, he just wanted to make some money for another film, I, I want to say. So all the all the bigger budget ones just kind of got tossed out. There was one that even had Bruce Campbell attached to it. Was that the Roger Avery one? Because there was... I, I, I think there so. Was a, I'll just put this out there. You can look it up. I didn't finish the video, but there was um, a video about a the sequel, which was in between three and four and Roger Avery, who uh, directed killing Zoe and rules of rules of attraction, uh, the Brady Sinellis movie um, also won an Oscar for writing Pulp Fiction with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, After that wanted to do a phantasm movie and, Don Coscarelli wasn't really super hyped on it because the the last one didn't make a lot of money. And like, why do you keep doing a series that no one's going to care about? And I don't remember what, what happened with that, but I do like Roger Avery and I, I it would have been cool to see him do a full on horror film. Cause I don't think I've seen that. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more, inter- I don't know. I, I actually, I think, I think this movie's, this movie's great. Um, 1998, uh, it's a late 90s straight-to-video entry. This one they knew as the third one, it was made with the hopes that it was going to be a theatrical. This they, they knew going in. And it's got plenty of guts and goo and honey mustard and true phantasm f- fashion. Uh, with also the extra footage, the cutting room floor, and even though you can tell why it was cutting room floor scenes. Um, I think especially the stuff with Mike um, where it wasn't as strong as his performance in, in the first one. So, you know, the other takes with the phantasm in the tree was the tree that he was in or the tall man in the tree. And then he like, uh, I don't remember. Where he hangs himself or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. Uh, yeah. He's chasing Mike, and Jody somehow manages to throw a lasso around his neck from the, the CUDA and then take off driving and hang him over a tree with it. Yes, 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 yes. I was very impressed yeah. by, by his wrangling skills. <laughs> uh, one of the things we never brought up either is I was really impressed by their shooting skills in the first movie, considering that, you know, like, Jody's giving him, like, fucking real, like, shooting lessons. You know, if you're going to point a gun at somebody, always intend to kill them, you know. Uh, but, but yes, yeah, that was the, the, uh, lynching scene, I guess you could call it. Yeah. 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 So that was, yeah. So this has got, that's kind of like what makes us, and it's cool to see it like 
in the context of a movie that's being like a B movie shot in the late nineties. And then the, you know, 35 millimeter technicolor processed, um, original footage, uh, you know, so it, it was, it, it was, I like, I like this movie a lot. I think, I think it's, it's great. It's fun. It is, it is definitely got the B movie vibe to it. Uh, the best scene is the the orb lobotomy flashback uh dream sequence with you know on mike from the tall man and like not even like the the first one and then also the black and white one which is more of like the dream sequence was very cool um I'm going to skip most of this story because it kind of all like goes all over the place. It is such, I'm, I'm just repeating myself, but it is such a B movie. Um, and it's great. It's considerably less. This one was for $650,000. So that's like, is that like four times, you know, would that, that make about that much for two, $3 million, you know? So, four times less the money. Uh, the best kill, it's everything to do with that cop car. It's so awesome. From the opening of the trunk to the shotgun through the roof, the goo down the throat, the nice stick in the chest, and to the flare in the gas can, which leads to the best line, also by Reggie Bannister, wow, some cops can be real assholes. That scene is so amazing. And why why I love this movie. And it kind of keeps up with that, uh, energy, you know, it has to like slow down and get into like the confusing storylines of the lobotomy and like Mike having the sphere in his skull, uh, best acting. I'm going to give it to Angus Scrim because of the footage as the tall man and the footage in the old and the new. And there is just a tightness to that character. And, you know, for it being, so this is 98. So this is like almost, is this almost 40 years from the, no, 20 years, almost 20 years from the first one. So, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it looks different in the footage, but like the, what he was doing is, is pretty, um, it's pretty solid. It's, it sticks to, and then it's still, you know, as he does get more lines later on, and his acting seems better. I, 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 he's, he's really great in this one. Um, and I would say the missed opportunity for this is the, uh, drills coming out of the orb boobs to the, to look like nipples, uh, for <laughs> Jennifer play, you know, the hitchhiker, no, you're the hitchhiker the in this they, movie, they which I guess my critique of the plunger is on this one. It's like, yeah, just lean into it. You're going to go for it. Just, just go for it. You know, go, go all the way for me. Um, which was an awesome scene and it looked cool. And I liked that body where I feel like he saw a couple, um, one too many, uh, David Cronenberg films from, three and four and was like, this is the way, you know, like add a little bit of flavor to all these other things going out that, that came out and kind of defined horror. Um, especially the video store days of, of horror in the nineties for me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was so good. 
Um, but yeah, these movies, as, as they get weirder and go deeper into the Phantasm story, but they all follow the same formula. Uh, and, and also that scene where they expose the, the boobs, it actually seems like it's going to be the creepiest scene, but you know, we know the Phantasm movies, something's going down, going on underneath that shirt and he needs to find out not, he's not just being a pervert. But his his character, you know, it it's, it has that feeling, but it not but not uh, super creepy, uh, dated type feeling. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Uh, no, it felt pretty creepy to me. I mean, something was obviously going on with her, and instead of being, I got the impression instead of being like, let me see if she's okay, he's more like, oh. I can fucking copy. No, I didn't get that feel. I, I felt like when he opened up her shirt, he Me was either. like, there's something going on in here. <laughs> like, I'm just being... I, I had the feeling that, that Reggie, if if the nipple uh, drills had come out, Reggie would have been like... <laughs> he would have been pinching would, those nips. Yeah. But he, he had a lot of trepidation here, I felt. Like, he had a little bit of restraint compared to Reggie of yeah. old. Rocky taught him I a thought. thing or two. Um... Uh, He's like, make sure you keep a handcuff key inside <laughs> of the bag. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and I'm gonna say the uh, the opening or closing, the the closing, the closing is is um, I think stronger than the the beginning of this movie. Um, They're both kind of weak. For this is probably the weakest opening in. I don't know about ending. No, it's not the weakest ending. We haven't got to that yet. Um, but the, I don't know. The ending didn't have the mirror grab. This that disappointed me. Uh, I think more than didn't. anything. It didn't. But it almost had Reggie look like he died again, beat to living shit. Well, like they, they just like drove into like darkness, right? Like that's kind of how it looked. Yeah, but doesn't he? Uh, go before then, I thought that I thought I thought the ending for for this one, if I remember correctly, Reggie just jumps through the. The portal after the tall man, and that's oh, what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the flashback uh, of my, young Mike and Reggie telling them that uh, Jody is still alive. Um, Reggie picks Mike up in the ice cream truck, and they're, um, Reg hears Mike telepathically saying that he's dying. Um, and he's like, did you hear that? And Mike goes, um, no, it's, it's just the wind. And then they drive off. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Right after Reggie runs through the portal by himself after the tall man right. who pulled the golden orb out of my Yeah, that was awesome. That was I, awesome, I though. Like- that That is why I think it – that is actually the reason why – I was like, why did I pick that? Because we actually see the orb. We get a little piece of it at the end of three. We see that it's there, but we get so much of it when he rips it out of his head. And then it's like – you know, that didn't even really fuck him up that bad. Like ripping the orb out. Yes, <laughs> the movie's yes. great in all its flaws. I, I'm, I'll give I'll give him this. A Michael Baldwin did a way better job in this one than he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was only four yes. years compared to. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. they totally skipping uh, it. Yeah, fifteen. You know, um, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I get why they they did it, but you know, they. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I give this a letter grade an A for what it is. It is definitely, you know, I don't know what the what the exact order 
you know, this would probably be, I don't know. This might be the fourth best one. I don't know, but maybe not in that indirectly that order, you know, but still an A. You want, you want to, you want to hit this up? Can you want me to go first on this one? Uh, you can go for it. I got like 11. Notes. This, this is like less Phantasm 4 and more Phantasm 1.5. Because the runtime is. All the old footage? Yeah, the runtime is what? Like an hour and 30 minutes? An hour and 20 something minutes when you actually subtract the credits? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's probably like hour 26. And I, think, and I would say at least 30 minutes of this movie is found footage that they recreated. From, well, not recreated, but refound and re-edited to be in this one from the original Phantasm. Uh, and, I, I mean, I don't... Like, I, I just try to figure... I was trying to figure out, like, when would the scene with them hanging him and then Mike going back to cut him down, like, have actually taken place in the first movie? Dude, trying yeah. to picture where some of those scenes would have fit in the original plot was kind of an interesting game for me. Like, the, the scene with, with him stealing the ice cream from, from Reggie's truck... I think that would have actually, it would have given Reggie a little bit more time, you know, showcased that he and and Mike had a little bit of a relationship outside of just being, you know, Mike being uh, Jody's younger brother. I think that could have worked in there. But yeah, some of the other stuff, I mean, I can, like Kevin said, I see why they cut it. Uh, like Kevin also said, the scene with the cop is awesome. I really like the, the makeup that they did for him, you know, on top of just the, the, the way co- the scene The went. cop in the trunk, too. Um, that was, yeah. I- yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why Reggie just didn't close his mouth when, you know, the, the shit was leaking out of him, but, you know. They shot that five times. Oh, could you imagine having to swallow all that shit? Uh, no, no. He had to have been disgusted after the first take. I can't imagine unless, doing five times. Unless they made it taste really yep. good. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but if I start spewing honey mustard at, down your throat, Kevin, after you know a couple takes, you might. Start at the, the end of the take, I'm putting a flare in a cop car uh, and it's blowing up. I, I don't care. <laughs> but I mean, but like we got into with with part three, uh, you know, like I don't know why they they couldn't bring. I mean, probably because showing a dead child is going to get you a harder rating than whatever they got. But um, you know, uh bring Tim back at least to show his body at the beginning of this. Um, I don't know. I was expecting more from the boobs. That, that kind of let me down a little bit. Um, I mean, just it's not a bad movie, but overall I think it's just the weakest one that we've seen out of the series so far. Agreed. And again, you know, like, we're heading southeast into Death Valley, which is southwest <laughs> of where we've been the entire... The entire series so far. Although they did bring back uh, the fortune teller lady for that one scene in the car. So there's that. And I guess my last question is how come Reggie decides that when he's going to go save Mike and be a badass, he gets away from all the flannel that he's been wearing for the last two movies and decides to re-put on his ice cream man costume? Flannels were dirty. Oh, I love I like, love I that. Know, that, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't scream to me like... I'm going to be a superhero now. That screams to me, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, you know, molest some kids down the road or something. 
maybe Clint <laughs> Howard, you know, gave him some tips. You know. Yes, I got you. <laughs> Anyways, that's 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 my thoughts on Phantasm Floor Oblivion. I, I liked too how each one moved where they had the um, the numbers centered on the the fonts in the background. Yeah. Um. Yeah this this is the weakest of all of them to me from a narrative perspective. Um. Because I I. I I know how a lot of people feel about the final one, uh, but from a narrative perspective, I, I don't know. This, I, I got just as much out of the flashbacks as I did from the fucking quote-unquote new stuff that they offered. Um, I want to know why the hell you're pulling over for a cop. At this point in the game, why the fuck are you pulling over for a cop? Reggie knows better. Like, he knows better. He has to know better. Like, Hey, if there are cops, are they really pulling people over for speeding on a deserted road? No. So, I don't know. Maybe you just don't pull over, but I guess you pull over to make one of the most badass scenes in Phantasm history. I I guess that's the reason, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I I enjoy seeing the different layers of Tall Man, Jebediah. I liked liked when we got to see, like, nice version of him, and he's like, hey, you want some lemonade? Uh, you know, got to show off a little bit of Angus Grimm's acting chops, uh, which is always a treat. Um, the tree that Mike was trying to hang himself from, I thought that looked really cool. Um, the fact that Mike, I don't know if Mike had really exhibited much of his telekinesis powers until this one, but you know, now he can do shit with boulders and squish poor Jawas. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, I was trying to figure out the whole... Yeah, I think... I don't think we talked about this in specific, but the flashback where Jody sees the tall man in the mirror. And I was trying to figure out... Do you guys think that was like an alternative ending to the Possibly. original? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Because, I mean, they filmed it for some reason. It's so similar to the ending that we got. I, I guess that was kind of where I was like, maybe that was just an alternate ending that just didn't work well. I don't really know where else that fits into the story otherwise. So, I thought it was weird. Uh, I thought Jen was really attractive and a gigantic dick tease. And then by the time we had the moving boobs and everything, I was just like, and she's going to just remain a dick tease. And then we got this ball boob thing, and I was like, eh, they kind of redeemed themselves there. I mean, if we're not going to get boobs, at least give us something that's, you know, somewhat imaginative. I thought it was really a well-done scene. Um, I found it kind of weird how... Much like in any other horror franchise, sometimes like something that was kind of, you know, seen in the first one, all of a sudden becomes super relevant by part four. And in this case, we're talking about the tuning fork, which really wasn't all that relative in the previous three movies. It existed, but wasn't really prevalent until now. I was okay with it. It was it was a new newish tool to really abuse. 
Um, I like the fact that Reggie drove into uh, the desert. He drove right past the sign that said danger because as you're going to pull off the side of the road into the desert, there's naturally going to be a sign that just says danger. Um, I think my favorite scene was when Reggie uh, Reggie sees uh, Jennifer driving. She swerves to miss the freaking giant turtle. And he rescues her. And he's like, yo, we gotta get away before it explodes. And she's like, oh, that only happens in the movies. And then it explodes. I was like, I accept that cheesy factor. I, I quite enjoyed that on some some level. Uh, that was silly, stupid, but fun for me. My question for both of you is, how the hell, who, who's determining where slash when you go in the portal? Because in some ways it kind of made sense that the tall man could kind of control it. And I guess maybe it made some sense that Mike could control it since he has these powers. But Reggie also goes through the portal. So how the what's the de, do we know what the determining factor um, is that they need an open ended ending for the fifth one that they barely yeah <laughs> I mean I could go for an open face sandwich to go with that I it, it just I kind of wish they would have laid down some a, a couple of throwaway lines just kind of be like. This is how it's done. Or like when he was first inventing, you know, the technology for it. Like, give us some kind of clue as to what the determining factor is, since the portal setup was used so much in this particular film. I mean, they had that huge grid of the cylinders at one point. It was cool looking, but at the end of the day, I was like, you're still not telling us like how they know where they're going, and it kind of just felt like quantum leap at times. Yeah, I don't think that it's one of those things where it just it's supposed to work as it, it as yeah, it does when it, yeah when they need it to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at this point, I have to accept anything and everything. I, I can't be upset about it. I, I just I, I kind of think it would have been neat to actually understand the why, but yeah, I don't know. For me, this actually was my least favorite. Uh, of of the franchise and it's not bad. I I still enjoyed it. I thought Mike actually stepped up really well as an actor here. Uh I think a lot of the performances actually stepped up. It was just the story there was kind of lacking. So, that's all. All right, guys. That concludes uh episode This is 48, right? Correct. 48, our part two of the Phantasm series, and we'll be back to finish it off with episode 49.